0: Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing, where we bring on guests and we talk about this beautiful city we call Long Beach. And now, here's your host, motivational coach, Paul Fortune. Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing. Be sure to subscribe on your pl- favorite uh, podcast platform and like us on the Facebook group. It's a Long Beach thing. We have a great show for you today. Joe Soto. Joe, how are you today?
1: What's up, my man? I am amazing. I'm am, I'm doing great. No complaints. No complaints.
0: I'm so glad to have you on the show. Um, we've known each other, gosh, going on 10 years or so now and We've gone to a lot of uh, broker preview in the the real estate market together, and uh, I've heard you speak many of times, and you are fantastic at it. So I thought to myself, I need to bring you on to my podcast.
1: Yeah, buddy, I appreciate it. It feels like 10 years in mortgage years, it's probably like 25, but yeah, (laughs) dude, it's been a while. I, I I think we both had more hair, and I probably had less gray back then, but all good.
0: I think you're right. I think you're right about that. So let's dive in, shall we? Yeah,
1: what's your association with this great city of Long Beach? So it's it, it's kind of funny because I, I grew up in Brooklyn, um, but I've been out here for about 20 years. and when I first came out here, I felt like Long Beach was the most like Brooklyn, right? It was diverse. it was culture, it was people. It was good neighborhoods. It was bad neighborhoods, but it was lots of different things. Um, and And like I mentioned before, like you don't get that in Anaheim. you don't get that in Huntington Beach. You don't get that in, you know, Garden Grove, right? Like Long Beach is its own little world. Um, So from that standpoint, I really felt connected. And then being in mortgage, I just, I've got lots of clients who are like, hey, where should I buy? You know, what areas are good? And and I constantly go back to different pockets in Long Beach, you know, because I I really love the area. So have helped lots and lots of people move in and out of Long Beach over the years.
0: I bet you have. Well, let's talk about that journey that you took from Brooklyn, New York to Southern California. What made you come uh, to this, uh, well, uh, weather probably, but what go into your journey a little bit on that.
1: Yeah, so um, I grew up in, I was born in Puerto Rico, grew up in Brooklyn and uh, worked for Disney back in the late 90s. And they sent me here to work. Um, We were opening downtown Disney at the time and they sent me here to work. It was like 98, 99 and uh it was like november and i thought i'm an idiot if i go back to brooklyn like it's sunny beautiful weather beautiful women like palm trees like none of this is in brooklyn and so my initial plan me and three buddies was to stay for six months and then six months we were going to have another assignment we were going to go work in vegas and so that was the plan we did that six months we went and did our next job and then after that job, it was like the crossroads, like, do I go back to Brooklyn or do I go to California? And I I chose to come back here because I didn't want to. I love the weather and and just, you know, different lifestyle. Um, and then 9-11 happened and I was like, I don't want to go back to New York. So I stayed and met my wife and she definitely does not want to go live in Brooklyn. So here we are. Right on. I didn't know you worked
0: for uh, Disney. I actually worked for Disney. We might have p- crossed paths, especially that same time period. I was at Disneyland yeah. in 98, 99, so that's pretty crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. I thought for sure I would spend my whole life, you know, with the Disney Point. Yeah. And then uh, God had other plans for me, and a buddy got me into mortgage, and the rest is history.
0: Well, I'll talk about that a little bit, because definitely your personality is 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 for sales. I, I, I've known that since... Or first met you. So it's, it's kind of crazy. I probably thought in my head, I thought you probably had other sales jobs then got into mortgage, but it sounds like you went Disney to mortgage. So talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's funny when I lived in New York, I thought I was going to be a mortgage broker, uh, a stockbroker. Mm. Like that was the dream, right? I was going to take my series seven, my series 63, and I was going to get into that industry. And I worked, I had an internship in college worked at a, a brokerage firm literally down like two blocks from the World Trade Center. Like I would take the train into the World Trade Center, get out, I'd look up at those two big buildings and I'd walk to my office. And um and I didn't like the environment. I knew it wasn't for me. Right. It was a lot of guys making a lot of money and doing things that I didn't want to do, right? As far as like partying and lifestyle. So I somehow got in I, I left that job. I went into Disney. I did that corporate thing. And then, um, and then a buddy of mine, my wife and I, when we got married, we moved to Las Vegas because we couldn't really afford anything in California. Right? Sounds like a familiar story. <laughs> and people do that all the time. And a friend of mine had a mortgage company, and he hired me. He's like, "Dude, what do you do? Like, you got a great personality. Like, why are you just working a regular job?" And I was like, oh, "Well, because I mean, I, you know, what else am I going to do?" And he hired me to work in his mortgage company. No experience. And this was before there was like training. So he literally, I think he paid me like two grand a month and he put a table in the corner of his office and said, you're going to sit there for the next two months and you're just going to listen and learn. And I did. And that was my training. And I he would be on the phone and I'd take notes and I'd listen. And I learned all of the, the terminology and stuff just by being with him. And then that's how I got, that's how I started in mortgage. It was like, two months with Billy Watson, Billy Watson boot camp. And, and that's how I learned. And then a uh, funny story is my first ever signing. This is a good one, dude. My first ever loan signing, clients come in to sign loan docs and Billy goes, okay, hey, go in there and sign docs with them. And I was like, I don't even know what they say. Like, really? And so the clients sign the loan docs and this is in 04. And it turned out that they they were supposed to get a fixed loan, 30 year fixed, I think it was, but the payment was calculated interest only. So on their first payment letter, the first payment was low. And they were like, hell yeah, like they signed everything. They were like so happy. And then I had to call them and we find out the docs were wrong and I had to call them back and go, hey, you have to come in and sign. And they were like, that's your mistake, I'm not signing. And so I faxed them like the errors and omissions page and i go no here you signed this page that says you agree to resign and they were pissed first client ever wow
0: yeah is that good yeah that's that's pretty good i mean uh, that that brings me back to uh, all kinds of right. psd of, of of signing stuff it was
1: probably like a new century loan or something like that but it was literally payment was calculated wrong like on the first payment letter it was calculated as an interest only payment and it said fixed rate loan mm. yeah crazy so that's how I got into mortgage man and then i haven't looked back since that was 2004
0: so i mean there there had a you know, 2004 so I, I was in the business in 2004 as well and so it was a different era. i mean there was no documentation at that time right well basically it was like hey um you got a good credit score you have a job okay cool let's sign you let's go right yeah. oh Maybe. yeah no
1: we were looking for countrywide fast and easies right like all yeah. day long um so yeah it was definitely it was definitely way easier than it is today it
0: it, it was just a culture shock so going into uh you know 0809 when you know things tighten up with the with the recession and not people not buying mortgage-backed securities anymore so it was a total different world and um, I don't know how you felt about that time but I felt like now I really had to be a loan officer I had to learn how to read tax returns I mean it I'm very I'm embarrassed because from 004 to basically oh nine I did not know how to read tax returns at all I, I, I didn't and, 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 you know, I've been in the business for five years and I don't know how to read tax returns. I'm a loan officer and I don't know. How to, so I had to take crash courses on that. I mean, I don't know how you felt during that time. I mean, there, there had to been some training, you know, wills that you had to take off. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Oh gosh. I'll never, I, I'll never forget. I sat down with the client who owned multiple businesses and the owner of the company was like writing out the tax returns on like how to calculate the income.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was just like blown away. I was like, Dude, this sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like like I don't know if this guy can ever get a loan and after looking at like all of his corporations and all of the businesses like he didn't qualify. Yeah. You know. It was like, oh, he shows no income. This guy's got a lot of businesses but no no provable income. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was you had to learn, I think in 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 that time you really your sh- your sales skills had to get sharp. Your knowledge had to get sharp. And, and it was survival of the fittest, right? And a, a lot like the way the market is right now, where you're seeing the cream rises to the top, you're seeing those who prepared for higher rates are in better shape, and those who have knowledge and relationships are going to do well, no matter what, right? Like, not maybe not as well, but they're going to do well, just because the, that's what you need in this market, you know? You, otherwise, the market will beat you, and you lose, you know, you lose between the ears, man. That's where the, that's where the battle is won and lost it's right between the years. hundred
0: percent. And I want to get into that, but I want to go back to, um, 08, 09, because I think at that time you, you started a family, right? You had your first daughter at that time, right? Yeah. Um, you probably were living high on the hog and making really good money. And then the faucet turned off. So talk to, talk to us about what did you do to pivot? How did you survive that time? I'm sure it wasn't the, the best of times, especially with a young family.
1: Yeah, so um, it it was terrible. My daughter was born in 05, and then market goes kaboom in 08, right? And and we did. Like, we took from Peter to PayPal. Um, We borrowed from Visa American Express, and I was not aware of the bills we had um, until one day I just looked and I just started adding it up. And I was like, honey, we're, like, in the hole. And it was basically because two years I wasn't really making any money. My wife was literally working seven days a week. Like if you, if I look back on that time, she was she was uh, serving tables, working nights. So we had like a three year old at home, and or two year old at home. She was working seven days a week, literally, and she was the main breadwinner. Like I, I look back on it, and I was I was not making hardly anything, you know. Um, and so it was a big, big hole. And, and there was lots of times where I was like, man, what am I doing? Like, I worked for three companies that got shut down by the FDIC in one year. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was a hum. I ate a lot of humble pie. But thankfully, my wife, you know, just she always worked. She never gave, you know, she always was supportive. Um, but, yeah, she carried us through all of those years, like legitimately.
0: And and, and during that time, um, what did you have to do for yourself, like your mindset? I mean, obviously, you know, I I was in the same boat as you. I've been in uh, situations where the company kept getting shut down, shut down, shut down. I had to get new jobs, new jobs, new jobs. So what, what, how did you, how did you get out of that with that mindset? Because I, I know for me, I had some really rough, rough months, rough days where I'm like, doubting myself you know am I good at what I'm doing this and that so how did you get through it is it just because you were a a husband and a a father and there was no other way or what
1: I think I'm a knucklehead part of it I'm stubborn um no you know what I think I just kept realizing that I couldn't stop right I think especially with the little one at home it's like you got to just keep trying and I didn't know I'd work at places that would get shut down right like you know, I went to a place called American Sterling Bank. I'll never forget. And I that was the third place. I worked at IndyMac. I worked at Fremont and then American Sterling Bank. And I got hired there and they were doing portfolio stuff. It was great. And their big claim to fame was that they survived the Great Depression. And then like three months later, they got shut down. And I was like, oh. But I think you just always gotta keep you always, you always got to keep plugging forward, right? And, uh, and you're going to get knocked down a thousand times, right? But you got to keep getting up regardless if you have kids and family and all of that stuff, right? Like that's just life. Life is going to beat you up all the time. We're going to beat you up more than it, more than it lets you win. And so for me, like that was just my attitude was just, I just got to keep pushing forward, right? Eventually I'm going to come out on the other side of this. And so that's what I did. You know, I just kept pushing along, pushing along, and, and thankfully I wound up in some other opportunities. Right, I worked for a company that did REO business, and that was booming back then. Yeah. So I was able to do some financing on REOs and just kept plugging away, man. I stayed in loans though. I didn't get out and do like anything else. I'm I'm stubborn. I stayed in the mortgage side.
0: Absolutely.
1: And you know, when you're moving through
0: the business, I I remember you posting something one time. um, this is quite, quite a while ago because I think your your, your, your skill set has actually gotten better within the last uh, five or six years as well. You posted something, and it might not have been you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there because I think it was you. I think you posted something uh, several years ago saying, hey, um, I was ranked 200 out of blah, blah, blah. Go oh, and you know, way to go. And you made a reference to meet the Fockers, way to go, uh, Focker. You got a participation trophy, right? Yeah. And, um, and I and I don't, you know, this side of it, I don't know, but I think that you hired a, a business coach and I think it kind of changed the way how you looked at sales going forward. So, can you get into that a little bit from what your mindset was before and then after you got
1: your coach? Yeah. So, I, I always. I've always been a hard worker, right. Got that from my mom. Um, but I never had direction or guidance. So I did, I started working with the core coaching back in 2015. Um, and just really started surrounding myself with people who were doing it at a higher level than me, people who had a better mindset than me. Um, just, you know, they say you're the sum of the five people closest to you. Right. And, and growing up, I I knew lots of people, but I didn't know lots of business people or successful business people. So for me, coaching, coaching has helped me be strategic, um, be organized, be super accountable, right? Like I'm uber, uber, uber accountable. Um, And so that was like a game changer for me. Like I, you know, I just realized, oh my God, like I'm, I'm doing a lot of activity, but it's not meaningful. Right. So I need to be focused on the activity and I'll get better results. And from like that time on, it's been, you know, it's been insane, right? Like it's just been uh, crazy amounts of growth over the last six years or so.
0: And what made you want to get a coach? Did somebody else have a coach and you saw the, you saw the results and you're like, well, I need to do that.
1: So... I saw, I saw Rick Ruby talk at an event and he talked about a coaching program and all these LOs that were making a ton of money. And I was like, I ain't making a ton of money. I don't know anybody who's ever made that kind of money. Mm -hmm. So let me find that person. And so I did. And it was like this program. And then I got in like listening to CDs, like the old school CDs. And I would listen to the CDs every day. In
0: 2015, you were listening to CDs? Yeah,
1: yeah. I okay. had CDs in my car, and uh, and I and I would play the CDs everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And then um, and then I started to hear about other people who were making money, and I just started chasing them, right? Like, so I, do you know Jeremy Forcier? Uh, I do not. Him. So he's he's another mortgage guy. Does a lot of stuff for Mortgage Coach. Shameless plug for Mortgage Coach. Um, and I reached out to him because I heard he was super successful, and I was like, hey. You do what I do, but you're making way more money than me. What do I need to do? And so he gave me some advice. And then a couple of years later, I meet JJ. I, I hear about JJ Mazzo and I'm like, got to meet that guy. And so I just seek counsel. And then those people have helped me in coaching as well. So finding mentors, people who are going to bring you up instead of put you down is, is key for me.
0: Yeah. I know. I, yeah. I, I met JJ. He's quite, quite big in the Huntington Beach area. I think that's where his. Offices, isn't it?
1: Uh he's down in South County in San Juan, but he does a lot of stuff in Huntington. Okay. Yeah. And again, I think it's just it's mindset, it's it's learning from others, right? Especially in like real estate and mortgage, it's it's learn from the top producers, right? They've had the same struggles that you're gonna have on your way up the ladder. Like let them help you. And most really successful people will will to help you along the way, right? Like nobody's going to hide secrets, which is amazing. You know, yeah. the information is free. It's just you have to put it into action. Absolutely.
0: You know, so, so did you? So then this was 2015. When did you really see, start to see that, that climb then? Right, right away or?
1: So, like the next year, my business doubled, hmm. like 2015 to 2016. I like doubled in production and I was like, oh crap, right? Because I just, I had no structure, man. Like, I was like, here I am, I'm working. And I was, really wasn't working a lot. So yeah. I got a little bit of structure. My my business doubled. Um, and it's grown every year since, right? Like, so I've been super blessed from that standpoint. Obviously, we had two great years of run with, you know, during the pandemic with low rates. Um, but it, it was like automatic, you know. And now till this day, like, I just, again, I think everybody's down this year from last year. But I'm not down, like the way a lot of people are, right? Like I'm down a little bit, but not enough to where I'm, I'm hitting life and and I'm in that 07, 08 position.
0: That's tremendous. And I think a lot of it has to do with mindset. So you can talk about that a little bit about what, what kind of attitude you need to have, not just in mortgage sales, but just in life
1: in general to, to get through these hard times. So I am my biggest critic. I am, uh, I'm the hardest on myself. I constantly feel like I'm not worthy. Um, I don't deserve it. People don't like me. People don't want to work with like all of these things that I believe I I used to tell myself, I still tell myself not nearly as much. Right. But so for me, it's gratitude journal every day. It's reading um, a devotional every day. It's affirmations every day. Right. Like just filling my brain with that. And then I, I listen to a lot of audibles So different books on sales, on team, on motivation, on, you know, on overcoming adversity, Um, all of that, I feel like I I joke that I should have like that caution tape, you know, like when there's an accident or a crime scene, like, I feel like I should have that around my whole body because I feel like I'm always a little bit of a wreck. Mm. Like I just do. Um, And I think a lot of us do, right? A lot of us have those feelings. So for me, it's a constant I constantly work on it and I never did before. Like in 07, 08, 09, like my lows were really low. Like I was dark, dark place. Um, now I realize like my life's not my, there's a lot of people out there that would trade for my bad days, mm. right? Like my bad days aren't all that bad, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that keeps me perspective, but yeah, it's it's working on it. And I feel like everybody needs to work on that mental side and realize like, you know, all the good things that you do have in life, right? Because there are a lot of good things and and things could be really a lot, a lot worse. And I always say big rocks and little rocks, you know, like in life, if you get death of a loved one or, you know, terminal illness, like that's a big rock, yeah. right? Like what the bond market does, or if I don't get offers on my house or I get a flat tire on my car or whatever, my dishwasher doesn't work, like that's a little rock in comparison to what the big ones are, you know? So perspective, man, it, it helps a lot.
0: Yeah. That's, that's extremely powerful. And you're, you're a person that puts in, puts in time, but you also have a wife and now two kids. So how, how, how do you balance that? Because I know how much, how many hours you work and I'm sure there's times with your families like Joe, dad, uh, come on, I, I want you to hang with me. And you're like, no, I'm in the office. I got to make one more call or I got to do this. So how do you, how do you balance all that out? Because you don't want to miss your family stuff, especially because your, your kids are getting to the age where they're going to be at the point where they're going to be on their own
1: soon. So, yeah. So, um, I've, I've missed a lot, right? Like building up a business and a brand, you lose out on a lot of stuff, right? Like I, I can't take that back. Um, I am better so my hours are crazy I work crazy hours I'm at the office super early I try to get done by a different time my my hours are crazy but when I'm home I really do my best to be present I don't check email it's very rare that I'll take a phone call late at night unless it like, gets an emergency um so I do shut it off right like I'm I've actually gotten really good about like dude I ain't gonna save your loan at you know there's nothing I can do about a condition at seven o'clock at night very, very rare. Um, so I do shut it off, but I think scheduling a lot, right? Like I have my calendar scheduled every day um, really helps. On paper. Um, you have it on paper. I do. <laughs> and I check it off as I do it. I check it off as I do it every day. Like, I'm, you know, like, look, I'm OCD, man. I old day school. <laughs> I am. Um, you know, I think you just have to be present when you're there. Um, you have to make time for the family. The days go by, the years go by so fast, man. And I regret missing out on a lot of things, but you can't look back. You know, I'm grateful for where I'm at. And I just, I try to be present as much as I can when I'm home. Um, you know, and that's it. I can't take back. Like I missed little things. I'm, I'm grateful that I'm here today to do the things in the future.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's gotta be hard though, sometimes when because you do get up early. And, and, you know, you your your kids have an event later at night and you're thinking about, you know, your work day and you're tired. And so it's hard to stay present in that and in, in those situations is you got to be really intentional about that. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I'm pretty good about shutting it. I like 90 percent. And my wife will probably tell you the opposite. She listens to this. She'll be like, he's lying. But I do <laughs> like I don't I just realize I can't fix it. Like, you know, and and somebody told me that you got to give. You gotta give your family the best of you and not the rest of you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, oh man, I suck. I've been giving them the rest of me for the last 10 years. Like I'm such a loser. Yeah. Right. Like, geez, Joe, you suck. So now I really, really, I really try to give the best of me, you know, when I'm there. And am I perfect? No. Do I suck at a lot of things? Yes. But you know, I think I'm better than most. And and at least I know. I know where my shortcomings are, right? Like, and I know some stuff I have to work on. So nobody's perfect, man. It's not all unicorn and rainbows out there. Sometimes I suck at dad life, husband life, all of that stuff.
0: Let's talk, uh, let's transition a little bit. Let's talk, uh, let's talk market right now a little bit. We got, we got interest rates going up and it, and it looks like interest rates are going to continue going up. I mean, I've heard people say that it's going to probably reach eight and a half, you know, who knows, what you know, what the future holds, but what are you seeing as far as, um, especially in the Long Beach area, what are you seeing as far as the 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 property values? Are are you seeing a little bit of a hold? I don't, I'm not seeing pe- things go down, but I'm seeing a little bit of a hold, things staying on the market a little bit more. What are you seeing? I know you work with a lot of realtors. What's going on?
1: So I think I think you had this year's been like this seven months has been like two years worth of cycle, right? Like legitimately. And so I think you had a crazy market during the pandemic, you know, 50 offers on every house. Then it went uh, it slowed down. So right now what you're seeing is homes are sitting for a little bit longer, right? They they are. There's not 10 people lined up to come buy your house. Um but you you're not you're not seeing a decrease in prices. Meaning if the last home sold for 8, you're not seeing the next one sell at 750, right? At least That's not what we're seeing. You might've had the last one sell at eight and the next one sell at like 815, 825, right? So a little bit of an increase, still an increase. Um, That being said, if rates get to 10%, then demand is going to come down, right? So right now, what we had during the pandemic, so many people refinance, the people are married to their mortgages. They're married to their house, right? Like, why are you going to sell your 2% interest rate to get a 7%? You're not. So inventory is still really, really low. Right. As long as inventory stays low, demand right now is here. Right. Demand will come down as rates come down, as rates keep going up. So what really matters is like how low will demand go? And and at what point does it become, uh uh-oh, we've got more inventory than buyers? At that point, you would start to see prices come down, right? People who need to sell would be like, just sell it. And it's crazy because, you know, you look at the run of of equity over the last two years, right? Like, I had a client bought a house for a million dollars. It's worth a million six right now in two years, right? Like, that's crazy, crazy, crazy return. So even if they sold their house for one five or one four, like, that's still 400 grand. Like, that's still way more than they ever thought it would be worth when they bought it for a million dollars. So... You know, but but again, I think a lot of it has to do with inflation, interest rates, and how high do they go, right? If you would have told me in January that they'd be 7%, like, I think we, you know, the 10-year hit 4% today or over 4 like, I would have been like, no, Paul, if you tell me 7%, I'll shave my eyebrows if they hit 7%. And Joe Soto would have been on this Zoom with no damn eyebrows. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, I think I think you buy real estate because you need a home. You realize long term it's going to go up in value and the return on investment is astronomical, right? You you put in you put in 50 grand and it goes up 50 grand like that's 100 percent ROI, right? Like your 401k, nothing's giving you 100 percent ROI, not even your crypto. For those of you out there who love crypto.
0: So You know, I've had uh, a conversation with a lot of people about this and. um I was nervous for you know when when the market was going up that fast because I'm like the, the, that that's not sustainable That I I, I uh, for lack of a better term I go this is like not responsible growth for to, so for somebody to buy a home for a million dollars and two years ago to a million six that's crazy and that's not sustainable and that made me nervous so there had to be a correction at some point in time and I go back to for me I bought a home a condo. In, um, gosh, 06. So right before the crash, right? And it, it went upside down on me. But I thought to myself, can I afford the payment? Yes. Do I got to live somewhere? Yes. So don't look at the value. Make the payment. And the thing is that I think a lot of people don't really um, grasp is, is that they're not you're not entitled for your home to go up all the time. It, it, it's, it's a little bit like the stock market. And I think that we need to get into more of a mindset of like, you know, how long am I going to be living in this home? Is this a long-term investment? Is this a short-term investment? Because it's, nothing is guaranteed. And, and we got to understand that. And I felt like uh, especially in 07, 08, that like people were getting were upset that their home was upside down. I'm like, how are you upset that your home is upside down? It It's, it's tied to the market. If the market's down, it's down. I mean, so I, so into this market as well, I mean, if it does go down, you know, unfortunately we're not entitled to, for it to go, to, to go up all the time. So yeah. I think you gotta look at it in, in a different way that, that sometimes that, you know, you can't pull out the, the equity like you could a few years ago and that's okay. We got to pivot, we got to pivot and we got to pivot our, our, our thinking about when we buy real estate and, and, and you look at real estate, especially in the Southern California market, Mm-hmm. Even if it goes down, it, the weather here is so great. So the man will always be here. So if you're looking at it long term, you're gonna you're gonna be okay. But if you're thinking like, hey, I can turn a profit every six months, you're crazy. That's just not sustainable. So
1: what's your opinion on all that? I, I agree. I think we we've been in a twelve year run, right? Like from 09 till now, it's been up, 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 right? Like at some point, if you look historically up and down right like that's just what it is and so yeah i think you're gonna you're, you're you're seeing a correction i don't know how long it lasts i don't know if it's six months or two years right like i don't know who knows who knows what what that looks like but you're right i think i think it was a it's been a run of up 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 that when it slows everybody's like oh you know they give it this thing face like oh real estate you know but if you look long term It's going to be, you know, you're you're going to win. And like you said, you need a place to live. You're going to pay somebody you're going to pay. It's that, that analogy, right? Like you're going to pay somebody's mortgage. It's either yours or your landlord's. Whose do you want to pay? You know, so I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting, but I think you hit the nail on the head because the good times never last forever. And we had a good run, and it was cool, and now it's going to slow down, and that's okay. And it, right now, we're back to like where it was in 2019, right? Like so, 2019 wasn't a bad market. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's just again depends on when, on what happens with the rates. As they keep going higher, demand's going to go down. Just is what it is. Supply and demand.
0: So in this in this market, you know, you you're you're a business owner. So what are you doing to batten the hatches uh, for, uh, you know, a slower
1: time? I'm doing more activity. So, um, you know, all I can do, or the only thing I can control is how many people I see, how many people I talk to and contacts made, right? Like, that's it. I can't wake up and say, oh, wow, the Fed did this or uh, the 10 year is this or whatever. Um, it's just a matter of talking to people. And having conversations because there's still thousands of homes selling every month, right? Like it's not like it's zero, there's thousands of homes selling. I just need to get out there and find my share. And the only way I'm going to find my share is if I talk to more people. That's it, right? Like, you know, now if you said, Joe, not one home has sold in Orange County in the last 30 days, I would be like, shoot, I better move to Texas. (laughs) <laughs> but there's 3,000 sales in Orange County, right? There's 3,000 sales in LA County. There's uh 2,800 in Riverside, right? Like, so there's, you know, there's 10,000 homes sold every month within the four counties. Like, I don't know. I just need to get a handful. It just take more activity to do it. So,
0: so uh, I come to you as a ner- nervous buyer, first time home buyer, I'm seeing these interest rates going up. I'm seeing the high prices. I want to live in Southern California. What advice are you giving me?
1: I think you buy so it depends on your age, it depends on your situation, right? Um I think you buy what you can afford, right? Have a payment that you can afford. I think I think depending on where you're at in life, a lot of times the house you buy today isn't going to be the house you're going to have in 5 or 10 years. So you have to invest, right? You don't buy real estate because of a rate or because of the you buy it you know, as an investment, right? So house you buy today could turn into a rental in five years. House you buy today, you can use the equity in five years to buy your next house. So buy something that you can afford. And at the end of the day, right, you, you, the market's temporary and cyclical, right? Like moves up and down. You can't time the market. I have this little chart that I show about the interest rates and it shows like the lowest day of the interest rates, right? Right. And I go, this is the day Kim Soto, my wife, wanted me to lock a rate. I didn't because I didn't know that that was the lowest rate. And here's the second lowest day. And I didn't get a loan on that day either because I didn't know that that was the second lowest day. Right. And me who looks at it every day, if I can't time the market, you can't. Right. So I think you can't make a permanent decision on temporary situations. Right. Interest rates are temporary. Number of bedrooms, bathrooms, and if you need a yard, that's permanent. Right. So make the permanent decision, find something that you like. And eventually, as the market moves, you'll refinance that property. And I had a client bought and, you know, bought a couple of years back, refinanced it to a lower payment. Now that's a rental property, cash flowing. Like there's just so many opportunities that you have once you own it versus trying to time it or figure it out or seeing what's going to happen like you know you have to buy when everybody else is scared
0: and, and you have to have patience because i'm looking at it um areas of, of long beach and areas of lakewood and all the other surrounding areas back when i was a kid some of those areas were called quote-unquote startup homes right and now you look at those startup homes And they're going for seven, eight, nine hundred thousand. So no longer can I say, or or anybody could say, that's a start up home. So you got to look at different ways. And I think that uh, condos are a good way to get in, and 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 such. But I think that the 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 time period of I know there, I know you, I know you know people, but there's been people that have gone in in a home in two years, they've already traded up, and I think that. In this market, that's just not reality. You're going to have to hold on a little bit longer, build up a little bit more equity before you can do that. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but especially on that startup thing, the startup. I don't know if these are startup homes anymore.
1: (laughs) You know, I think that the income that people make, you know, like that. And and again, I think when my wife and I got married in in 03, um, you know, like we couldn't even afford a starter home. And they were cheaper back then, you know, so I think income levels have changed, but you're right. Like it just takes a lot of sacrifice to buy something here. It just does to get your piece of the pie. They're not making more land. So to get a piece of the pie, you got to pay a premium, right? The money's in the land. If you look at like your property value, yeah. your tax bill, right? Like the money's in the land, not the structure and
0: yeah.
1: are not making more land. So yeah, you're right, dude. It's it's you know it's it's tough out there, and and that's why we're we are using more like three one buy downs, two one buy downs to help people get lower payments. Um, but it's just a unique market, you know. Absolutely, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, let's end on a on a fun note. Where are the good places to eat in Long Beach? Where do you like to go to eat? Where do you like to take your family? Where do you go?
1: Oh man, so so we love to eat at Michaels. My wife loves eating at Michaels. Um, we go to dogs a lot just to drink and eat eat bad food. Joe Jost is good. Um, we love Nick's, you know, those are all some of our little favorite places to, to eat, but yeah, I mean, there's so many good little spots, you know, even pop, pop up food trucks. I'm a sucker for a good food truck. So like if I'm driving, dude, and I see him, I'm like, all right, sure. I'll have, uh, the Peruvian food truck and just try it. I'm a sucker for some of that stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, those are some of my favorites. I can't I cannot ever pass a good a good drink and good food, you know. So those are some of my, my favorites.
0: Sounds like you stay in the Belmont Shore area.
1: I do because my kids, my kid goes to school at Hedwigs, and so a lot of the parents that we that we know live in that area. Oh you know, okay.
0: yeah. isn't that Los Alamitos? Hedwig?
1: What Hedwig is low south. Al- Okay, mm-hmm. but they live in the Belmont Shore, huh? Interesting. They live that way. Yeah, a lot of people have come from that way, especially in the last couple of years.
0: Interesting. Of, You're passing of... several Catholic schools to get to St. Hedwig's from Belmont Shore.
1: Really weird, right? I know.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's it, and it's a really good school. Okay? Yeah, and My kids have been there for... Since my daughter's a senior in high school, she was there since kindergarten, so... And she goes like, to
0: St. Joseph's, right? In Lakewood, right?
1: hmm goes to St. Joe's in Lakewood. So, yeah. So I'm like the old dad at the school now. There's all these <laughs> young dads, kindergartners and stuff. I'm like, damn, Joe, you're old. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, wanted to work with you, how can they do that,
1: Joe? Um, phone number super easy. It's 866-JOE-SOTO. J-O-E-S-O-T-O. I don't know what that equates to on the numbers, but if you literally tell Suri, Hey Siri, call eight six six Joe Soto. She will dial me. Um, oh shoot, she's trying to do it. Um, and then um, on on social, you can follow me at the Joe Soto on pretty much everything. Right on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, all of that stuff. I've got lots of good videos and stuff out there that I've posted and put out there just to educate people about the home buying process. Um, or the regular office number is just seven one four. 8201535 case the 866 don't work you yeah. know
0: i follow you on your all your social media platforms and uh, you're quite entertaining you know you don't uh, <laughs> you you keep it light which i think it, it which i think it's great you know yeah sometimes because some in the business it can get pretty dry and i think you do a a good job of keeping it light keeping it fun and i think that's another reason why you're able to work as hard as you, you do is I think that you have fun working, right? I don't think it's just, yeah. all, just all seriousness all the time. I think that you have fun while you're doing it. And I think yeah. that's, that's what makes it sustainable for you.
1: Yeah. I, I tell my team, we ain't saving babies in here, right? Like this is not life and death and you do have to have a little fun. Like this job's super stressful, you know, and if you're not having a little fun along the way, it sucks. Life sucks if you're not having a little bit of fun. So yeah, so you gotta, you gotta be able to laugh at yourself too. You know, so it's it's cool.
0: Absolutely. Is there any any last words you want to leave our audience with?
1: Um, no, man. Life life is short. Make the most of every day. Um, every day is a blessing. Don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, and just work on the mindset. You know, the, the mind is the strongest muscle of your body, right? So continue to work on the mindset, and do all of the stuff that you want to do, like you do in this podcast and some of the stuff you've done. I respect you a lot for jumping out of your one comfort zone into another one. That's what life's about, right? Otherwise, you have regrets, and you you, you know, worst thing you could have is leave with regrets. So, so That's I got. Absolutely.
0: That's absolutely right. I, I well, well, well said. Joe, it's been a pleasure uh, catching up with you today. Yeah, buddy. For sure. Absolutely. Likewise. Cool. It's been a long beach thing. Thank you for tuning into it's a long beach thing. Please tune in next time for another great episode. Thank you, and have a good rest of your day.